Hello and welcome to Dance Talks. Today is May 31st, 2020, and my guest is Sheldon Williams. Sheldon is the event coordinator for Ill Tribe. Sheldon, thank you for being a part of Dance Talks. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, take us back to the beginning of your journey as a dancer. What were your first memories and how did it all begin? Okay. So, um, well, my first dance experience was uh, really when I was dancing with my mother. Uh, My mom used to own her own studio and her own company. Um, And they would do shows pretty often. Uh, So... Um, when she realized that I had an interest in dance because, you know, she had me at the studio with her all the time, with all of her friends and, you know, all of her company, um, she saw that I had an interest in dance and she really wanted to see if I wanted to be on stage and everything like that. So she gave me an opportunity, uh, to do a part of a show with them. Um, I was only like four or five years old and we still have like the VHS tapes and everything like that. Yes. Yeah. Um, it was really funny because I was doing a, a Michael Jackson piece. Um, and, uh, everybody thought what it was, was so the cute. song? Uh, I want to say it was Remember the Time. Oh, cute. I want to say that it was that. And, um, everybody thought it was so funny and so cute. And, um, <laughs> I, everybody started laughing and chuckling and things like that while I was on stage. And I, on the video, you just see me fold my arms over and pout at everybody because I was like, hey, stop laughing. <laughs> so that was one of my first <laughs> dance experiences. Um, I, I love telling that story. <laughs> awesome. So do you remember any of the moves that you had in the Remember the Time dance? Uh, definitely the the spin. That was like one of my signature moves <laughs> at Sweet. that time. Yeah, mm-hmm. so um, I, I, I love doing that spin. Uh, and when I was younger, I actually got up to the point where I was doing three spins. Um, uh-huh. And that was like a huge deal for me. So yeah, that, that was like my signature. <laughs> Awesome. I feel like that's a boy thing too. Like boys go straight into spinning and just Mm. knock it out when they're really young. Yeah. And girls like build up to it, you know, Mm -hmm. and boys will be kind of all over the place with their spins and, you know, over time kind of bring it it all together. Yeah. That's so cool. So you learn mostly from your mom. She was like your teacher and some of her staff. Yeah. So, um, at that time, you know, that was my, my main influence, uh, was my mom and, uh, all of her friends and things like that. My mom uh, did um, jazz. Uh, she did like a, a hip hop version of jazz as well. Um, and they also did um, African dance as well. Uh, so, you know, those were things that really influenced my movements. But, you know, for that piece, they definitely, definitely gave me some coaching for that. <laughs> oh, cool. What's your mom's name and what was the studio's name? Um, her name is Rosalind Williams. Um, and the studio was called Media... Um, media dance company cool and yeah they um actually were at the building that's in midtown uh i don't know if you know it it's right across from uh hcc the hcc building um and uh-huh. it has like all of the graffiti on the outside and everything like that it's called the midtown oh, yeah. art center yeah yes yeah. i've been to some shows there so yeah. wow she was there how cool mm-hmm. yeah she was there that's for, a great spot for years and years yeah awesome yep. so <laughs> what how long were you there and uh, from you said four to five years old yeah uh i'll say i was like four or five when that uh actual show happened um and then when they saw how much i actually loved being on stage and radiated on stage and everything like that uh my parents actually put me into um drama classes acting in theater uh so that cool. actually gave me a lot more stage presence and everything like that and i did that for i want to say 11 years wow yeah. all right <laughs> and then what was your next step with dance training uh, so after that, uh, the real first dance training that I had um, was when I was in 
seventh grade, I want to say, um, I started dancing at um, Planet Funk Academy. So uh-huh. <laughs> it's kind of funny. My dad had a friend uh, that, you know, told him that her daughter was going there. She really liked it and everything like that. Uh, so my dad started bringing me there. My first class I, I, I took there was uh, with a guy named Pat Garrett. Um, cool. And Pat saw me. He saw, like, that I really wanted to dance. It was my first time ever really doing choreography. And, uh, you know, he was like, hey, I want you to come join my team. I want you to come join the team. I want you to be, because he, at that time, he was over the Junior Slam team uh, at okay. Planet Funk. Yeah, so I did yeah. that. Um, you know, I auditioned and everything, made it. Uh, and, you know, it was onward from there. I was with Planet Funk for, I want to say, three to four years. Um, uh-huh. And that was a really great experience for me. I really enjoyed being at Planet Funk uh, with all of those people. So how old were you when you were uh, with them? I want to say I was 11 or 12 when I first started uh-huh. with uh, Planet Funk. And then I, I stopped dancing with Planet Funk when I was around 14, 13 or 14. Okay. What kind of performance opportunities did you get with them? Oh, we had a lot. Uh, <laughs> uh, one of my favorites was um, this. It was I can't remember what it was called, but I know it was a fashion show. Um, and uh-huh. <laughs> the reason I really liked this show was because of, you know, the theatrics behind it and, you know, the entrance we made and all of those kind of things. It was like, uh, you know, everybody was sitting down at their tables. They didn't even know that there was about to be a performance or they didn't know what type of performance. Um, so until we started crawling in through the tables and some of us were actually under tables already. <laughs> no <laughs> once, way. Yes, once, the, <laughs> once the event started. So, you know, once you, it was a big round table, so nobody was like, their feet weren't touching us or anything like that. So when we crawled out, <laughs> they were like, whoa, what's going on here? And we uh, all yeah. made our way to the stage, and it was like such a fun experience. It was one of my favorite shows, for sure. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Good audience interaction. <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> it, was a, it was a good surprise. <laughs> oh, I love that. My favorite Planet Funk show was The Grinch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a great show. Shh. Mm-hmm. He, Sean created it. Sean Welling, the director mm-hmm. of Planet Funk, yeah, he created it for a Dance Houston winter show. Right. And he told the story with dance as the theme, mm-hmm. and all the kids in Whoville yep. uh, lost their dance shoes to the yeah. Grinch. He, he stole them in an attempt to ruin their Christmas. Mm-hmm. But the moral of the story is that the kids learn is that you don't need shoes to dance. All you need is heart. Right. <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was a really good show. It was a lot, it was a lot of fun, too. Um, you know, just putting it together and uh, having all the ideas coming together and everything like that. And if you know Sean, you know that he is all about the theatrics. He's all about the, you know, the overall picture and everything like that. So when you say that that whole stage turned into into Whoville, it really did. It <laughs> he did. transformed everything. Yep. <laughs> the hair, the costumes. Mm-hmm. It was incredible. Yes, for sure. I, I really enjoyed that show. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, he had so many theatrics always going on. Yes. Just so cool. And now he's doing film. Yes, I know. You know, and, you know when he, um, I think he debuted his second movie, uh, it was at AMC 30, I want to say. This was a while ago. I was probably 13 or 14 at this time. Um, and he uh, actually told, he wanted all of us to be there. Like, you know, everybody uh, from the team, from all three teams. At this time, I was on the, the or I'm sorry, the senior team. And, you know, we did a performance outside and everything like that. And then we went inside and we watched the whole movie. And it was a really good experience, you know, because it wasn't just like everything was about 
just dance, strictly dance. It was really like bringing everybody together to see this project that he'd been working on and he was so proud of. You know, once again, another great experience. I still have pictures from that that I look at. I think I I I was there. I've been to a few of his movies for sure. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So what happened after Planet Funk? Uh, So after Planet Funk, um, as I mentioned, Pat Garrett was one of my first teachers. Um, So um, Pat actually broke off and he created his own crew, which was Ghost Crew. Um, and when he first started doing that, he invited me into it because he said that, you know, he wanted me to be his protege and everything. So he, he asked me to follow him there. Um, so for a while I was dancing with Ghost Crew and Planet Funk. Um, and you know, during that time, it was a lot of dance. It was a lot of dance for a kid that was, you know, 13 to 14. Um, but I really enjoyed it. I got some experiences outside of the studio. You know, I got some experiences, um, actually building something from the ground up and that really gave me a blueprint for what I wanted to do in the future uh so I've always appreciated you know that time um where we were you know just kind of doing our own thing as Ghost Crew and we made a lot of waves as Ghost Crew as well oh for sure how would you describe the difference in terms of style from Planet Funk to Ghost Crew um for me I will say that uh the when it when it got when I came to Ghost Crew, um, we were able to be a lot more free, you know, um, because it was just at a certain point, it was just us five. So we were all able to put in like our, our inputs on different shows and different things like that. Oh, do you like this song? Do you like this move here? Do you like this? And it was more of like, a, it was we were able to have more of a group effort, I want to say, because, you know, it wasn't 30 people in a room with, you know, somebody teaching and, you know, they already have the whole idea planned out and everything like that. Um, it was more so like a group effort, everybody putting into these shows and everybody contributing in different ways. So that was a lot of fun, just, you know, building that process. And that's actually, once again, how I learned how to build a show. Nice. Where where all did you dance together with Ghost Crew? Oh, uh, we danced a lot of different places. Um, I want to say we did quite a few, like, parties and, you know, appearances and things like that um but some of the things that really stuck out to me um was of course the first time we did dance houston i want to say that that was the first time that we did a big show um as ghost crew um and that was an amazing experience you know that was the first time that you know we we all had to really buckle down and you know perfect everything that we were doing because we were like if we're going to be dancing for dance houston we gotta, we gotta bring it, you know. <laughs> so that was a really you fun did. experience. Thank you. <laughs> I still, I was mm-hmm. actually just watching that uh, video and uh, talking to one of my uh, my old crew members, uh, VNA. We were the same age. We were the two youngest on the whole team, and we were just talking about like how good of an experience it was and how much fun we had and everything like that. So you know, yeah, for sure. I, what I, was I, the, what was the name of the piece? Um, uh, it was called. The beginning of your end. <laughs> okay, I love that one. Okay, yes. I'm gonna put a link to that video in the notes. Yeah, for sure. That was, it was a great. It was a great show. You'll see me. I was the the one with the white shirt on, black hat, very young. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yes. <laughs> so then, where did you go? I know y'all went far. Tell yes. me about it. Okay, so after that, um, we you know definitely wanted to venture outside of Houston and things like that. So. Um, another thing that we did that was really, really big um, and a lot of fun was the um, Showtime at the Apollo audition. 
Um, awesome. So when we did Showtime at the Apollo, uh, what happened was that we got it together, I want to say under a week. We got the show together in under a week or something like that. And we got to the George R. Brown Convention Center because, you know, once again, we wanted to do the audition. There was tons and tons and tons of people there. There were so many people mm-hmm. there. And, you know, and that's the main place for conventions yeah. in Houston, downtown exactly. Houston. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So um, we got there. We were waiting in line. Um, and we got up to the front of the line. You know, we are all, well, I know I was nervous. Um, but once uh-huh. we got in there, you know, we did the piece. They absolutely loved it. Like, they gave us a standing ovation, seriously. Um, right. Even people were, you know, the next few groups that could still see into the room, they were all peering <laughs> in like, oh, my gosh, like, this is this is next level, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that was a really good experience. And uh, eventually we went on, well, I- I'll say part of the crew went on to um, win seven different weeks at uh, Showtime at the Apollo. Um, so wow. that was really, really big. You know, that's a lot of publicity. Um, and, you know, a lot of people knew our name at that point. Um, but what I will say is that uh, once we did the audition and they told us that they absolutely wanted us, that they didn't even have to think about it, um, they told us that we have to choose. So uh, we either have to pick our members that were above 18 or our members that were below 18. And, of course, the, the heads of the, the crew were above 18. So, you know, they went on to do that. And me and um, me and Jesse, we were both about 14 or 15 at that time. Um, and we, you know, just had to stay on the back burner and kind of just support from afar. But, you know, once again, that just that experience, I feel like it prepared me for a lot. For a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And major confidence boost, I'm sure. Yes, absolutely. Because, I mean, once again, we were, it was just five of us in there. And, you know, we had to go hard to go home, you know. <laughs> so... Um, at that point, we did our thing, and like I said, they loved it, and that just gave us so many more opportunities, you know, to to build and do other things. Like um, Pat, at that time, once again, I was a little, I was pretty young, so Pat had the opportunity to go out to um, L.A. and do the Carnival show. Uh, that's a huge dance show. Um, so you know, a lot of things built off of that. And another thing that came from that was, you know, um, us going to audition for America's Best Dance Crew. So yes. Yeah, at that time, once again, it was a over-18 thing. Um, but, you know, Pat and the other original members, they all went up there. Um, they auditioned. Absolutely loved them. They went on to do the first show. But, but because of some controversy that happened, they did, uh, you know, get uh, eliminated on the first show. But even still, just that, you know, the, the, the ability to go on to that show and represent and, you know, show out for Houston and show our art and how we see the dance. It was it was a great experience for sure. Yeah, I remember Pat coming back and saying that the show had more to do with his backstory. Yeah. That he wasn't really comfortable just talking about his backstory over mm-hmm. and over again. Um, maybe he didn't feel he didn't want them to be exploiting his story. He wanted exactly. The dance, yeah, the dance to speak for itself. Yep, and that was Pat pulling through. He he didn't like yeah. to, you know, talk too much or, you know, if it wasn't necessary, right. you know, he, he would rather just dance. And he's still that same person to this day. You know, I still really? keep in touch with him and everything <laughs> like that, yeah. <laughs> like, that's my big brother. Like, uh, he, I've called him my brother for, I don't know, over a decade. Um, when mm-hmm. I was out in L.A. Um, a couple years ago, we were actually talking. We actually met up for a little bit, and it was it was really cool to see him because he's living out there now, um, you know, dancing nice. and living his his best dance life. And I, I love to see it. Honestly, I love to see it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because his dance 
does tell you his backstory. Absolutely. If Absolutely. you have an eye for dance, you know exactly where he's coming from. Mm-hmm. There's no, yeah, there's really no room for interpretation there. Yeah, for sure. And that's, that's what, you know, that's what he always, you know, wanted to do. And that's what we always wanted to do as a crew as well, you know, is to actually tell a story and, you know, represent where we're from. So <laughs> if you did see our dance, you will always see like a little Dougie in there or something like that, just to make sure that uh-huh. you know that we're from Texas, we're from Houston. <laughs> like, like, don't ever misconstrue it. We know where we're from, <laughs> you know, so right. we definitely, we definitely always represent it. <laughs> yeah. And how'd you get your nickname? Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, um, my, my, my name with, uh, within Ghost Crew, I was the youngest, uh, in Ghost Crew, uh, so because okay. of that, <laughs> they did call me Casper, uh, which actually followed me all through <laughs> high school, parts of college, things like that, like, Casper was my name, <laughs> you know, uh, just being the youngest ghost. <laughs> Oh, that's cute. Yeah. <laughs> he's a he's a sweet little guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's that that was, you know, that was what they gave me and I, I embraced it to the fullest because I loved being the, the youngest one, but I could still, you know, stand my ground with all of them, you know. And that's how right. he trained me. That's how I was trained by, you know, um I had a few different trainers at the time, which was, you know, Pat Garrett, uh Tasia Truitt, um, Liz, Liz Ann, um, you know, it was a lot of people that, you know, put into the style that I, 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 or the style that I danced with, you know, so, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was just a great experience altogether. Cool. So this is just like, you've brought us up to go into high school, basically. You're still, (laughs) I mean, yeah. So where did you go to high school? What'd you do there? Uh, so at my actual high school, I did not dance, uh, much. Um, I went to St. Thomas high school, really tough high school honestly um so you know I wasn't able to dance as much as I wanted to and things like that um but of course I was still you know dancing when I could and things like that you know if I go to a party I was going to dance if I if I went anywhere you know with music I was going to dance for sure but I wasn't doing anything professionally at that time um and I'll say uh with Planet Funk I stopped dancing with Planet Funk in ninth grade and with Ghost Crew I think I stopped in 10th grade I want to say um, and then after that, I was really just focused on school and sports and things like that. I played uh, two different sports. So, you know, that was definitely keeping me busy at that time. Um, but, you know, once you love something, there's no way you can stay away from it. <laughs> so literally yeah. right after I graduate high school, go to college, within three or four months, I'm back dancing every single day. You know, dancing, oh, finding right. new people to dance with and things like that. And, you know, that, that kept my love strong for it. And that's when I really started um, embracing the side, the my, my freestyle side much more. Okay. Much more, yeah. So um, just to jump into that story, because I like telling it as well. <laughs> yeah. I, I was at, uh, I went to University of Houston downtown. And uh-huh. uh, while I was there, there was, you know, parties going on and things like that that would happen. And I really didn't have a crowd that I really fit in with at that time. You know, I had, you know, my classmates and things like that. But when it came to actual people that I just go hang out with all the time and things like that, I didn't really have that that much. Um, So uh, there was a Halloween party. (laughs) It was a Halloween party (laughs) on a a Friday, I want to say, at UHD. And I was like, I'm going to go because, I mean, I want to dance. I want to hear the music, see who's here and all kind of things like that. And I got there and I saw a few people breaking and I was like, okay, this, this is different. I wasn't expecting that. So of course, you know, if I see some people freestyling, 
I freestyle. So I'm going to go out there and do my thing as well. Jumped in the cypher and everything like that. So um, after that, you know, we exchanged battles and all that kind of things like that. Um, and we linked up right after. We were like, hey, who are you? Let's let's talk. Let's Let's figure out, you know, how we can stick together and everything like that. And it was funny. They asked me if I had ever been to something called YA, Youth Advocates. Um, yeah. And I was like, that is still a thing? Because I had oh. went in like seventh grade. I went maybe like a couple months in a row. But of course, I didn't have a car, so I didn't really have control over that. Um, and I had been a few times. And I thought it was just like something that was just happening at that time. I didn't realize it was something that was ongoing. I didn't realize that it had such a history back to the 90s, you know. Um, so as they're asking me this, I'm like, no, I didn't know what was going on. Like, I would definitely love to go back and see what it is now, you know? And I went back and when I say that the community that was there was way bigger than I expected, you know, it was, it was huge. And I was like, wow, this, this really could be my home. Like, this is where I could, I could, you know, live through my dance and everything like that, meet other dancers, um, and have those experiences with those dancers as well. Um, and actually what grew from that was, uh, the, my first crew outside of ghost crew, um, in college, because after we met at that party and, you know, we started going to YA together and everything like that. When I tell you every single day <laughs> that we were at that mm -hmm. school, we would meet up, uh, by the lunchroom, somebody would bring out speakers and we'll all be out there <laughs> dancing. It was like 12 of us, like 12 to 15 of us every single day even if you didn't have class that day you were coming up there just to dance with the group you know <laughs> so um you know we'll be out there dancing doing our thing just enjoying our time together and things like that people will come by they'll stop they'll watch you know it was just like it was entertainment for them but it was just fun for us we were just you know doing our thing um and eventually because we were doing that so consistently we became a crew um, that crew was called Arc of Nine. It wasn't, you know, very organized or anything like that. It was really like a genuine crew where we were just really good friends and we just wanted to associate ourselves with each other. Um, and honestly, a lot of us still are very, very close. Um, we still talk to each other almost every day. <laughs> you know, um, we have group chats that we talk into and uh, all that kind of stuff like that. So we keep up with each other and we still see each other all the time. Well, you know, not because of less because of the COVID situation, but um, we still see each other and talk to each other all the time. So yeah, cool. that was... And who's, that was who's in that time. crew? Um, yeah, people like uh, Jeffrey, uh, B-Boy Jeffrey, um, Kenny, his brother, Pierre, his brother, uh, Manny. It's, it's, it was so many of us. It was a lot of us, you know, so... Okay. Yeah, it, we... We've had Jeffrey we Lewis on this together. show. Yeah. And Already, I saw uh, uh, um, um, I, I can't think of his name right now, but, uh, uh it'll come, Joel, Joel, yeah, Joel was in yes. there too. Yeah, so it, it was a lot of us, and like I said, we stick together. We all stick cool. together. Cool. Yep. What did you major in? Uh, I actually major in, uh, structural analysis, design, engineering. Um, so I know that's <laughs> kind of left from, you know, the whole art side, but, um, you know, that's what I wanted to do. I've always wanted to do engineering. Um, and that's what I had a great interest in. So, math and science were my strongest points, and I really loved it. And I wanted to put it into, you know, act, actual practice. Uh, so, yeah, awesome. study civil engineering, pretty much. Engineering is not that far from dance. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if, you, if you know how to think about it and you see it that way, like, 
you definitely can realize that that's is, is really not that far from it. Yeah. So what were your first steps after college into your career? Um, so um, for my dance career, um, actually what started happening, once again, I, I was dancing at YA uh, pretty much every single week. So mm-hmm. as I was doing that, um, you know, as I said, you know, Jeffrey and Kenny and all of them, they're, they're breaking. They, they do breaking. They're b-boys. Uh, I'm not a b-boy. I'm a, I'm a hip-hop dancer. So hip-hop freestyle is like standing hip-hop. It's the second uh, generation of what breaking is. Uh, breaking is the first style of hip-hop. Um, so okay. there's three different generations as we stand. And this uh, first generation is breaking. Second generation is hip-hop freestyle. Uh, third generation is called light feet. So, um, you know, those were, even though they're under the same umbrella of hip hop, they're all different styles for sure, you know? So, yeah. um, what I wanted to do was actually start dancing with people that did hip hop just like I did. Um, in that crew of people that, you know, I said that I started with uh, in college, there was one other person, his name is Darius, um, and we both do hip hop. So, of course, we always gravitated toward each other. Darius was my main guy, you know, that's like, one of my, my greatest friends in dance to this day. Um, and, you know, we were always practicing together and things like that. As we are at YA, we started noticing more people coming in doing hip-hop freestyle. Uh, in Houston, it wasn't a big thing. It was only a couple of us that were actually doing it, um, you know, with the, the True Foundation and everything like that. So when we noticed that other people were also doing it, we were like, hey, B-boys get together and practice all the time. Let's do the same thing with hip hop. Like we, we need to start coming together and practicing together and things like that. So um, we got a group together, what I call the Sunday School Squad, um, <laughs> and we started practicing together and you know working with each other every single Sunday. Um, and we would meet up because my apartment at the time had a studio, um, and we would go there. We would practice for hours and hours. We would train battling against each other and everything like that. And actually. Uh, we received some opportunities to, you know, go do some different shows together and things like that, uh, just because they needed dancers. And they're like, hey, we really like y'all. We really like y'all style. Do you have other people that are, you know, that dance just like how you do? And I was like, yeah, Sunday School Squad, you know, come on, let's go. Um, <laughs> and uh, we started doing things together like that. And then eventually we we're like, hey, let's let's actually do this. Like, let's actually make a professional name for ourselves and go out here and, you know, pretty much take Houston by storm and that's what we wanted to do and that's when we created Ill Tribe and that was you know honestly one of the greatest experiences I'm so glad that we took that step because so much has grown from there like so much has grown from there and um, like I said I'm really glad that we took that step because it was really important for for like all of our dance uh, careers and I think that it's pushing us you know to new heights for sure mm-hmm Awesome. So tell us about Ill Tribe. Like, what do you guys do together? Uh, so as Ill Tribe, first of all, we're not just a regular old crew. We're definitely a very close family. Um, I, I, I like to say that, you know, that's one of the main proponents you need to have for a successful crew. Um, you have to have unity. Uh, you have to have that love for each other and things like that. If you don't have that, I feel like that's when you see crews get together and stay together for a year and then they break up and they go do other things. Um, so um, with that, Ill Tribe wasn't, isn't just something that we do, just dance together, we hang out together, we party together, we do everything together. But then when it comes to the professional side, you know, we definitely put on some great performances. 
Uh, so, like, one of the experiences that I really like to talk about was um, in our second year of being Ill Tribe, um, we were blessed with the opportunity to uh, dance at Red Bull BC One. They uh, invited us to. They specifically specifically invited us to, you know, come and perform for that. Um, and it'll be internationally broadcasted. So <laughs> this is huge for us, you know. Right. Um, and we actually uh, got the the uh, I like to call it the alley oop from uh, Have a Coro crew. They um, right. talked to Red Bull because they knew that Have a Coro is like top tier of Houston, of Texas, honestly, of America. <laughs> so um, <laughs> they reached out to them and they asked them, hey, who do you think is really good and they could really hold their own? And they told them us. And like I said, I have to give all thanks to them because that was a huge, huge, huge uh, pass on to us. So I'm, I'm so grateful for that. Um, but that came with its own challenges. <laughs> um, <laughs> so with that, that first year, we actually had uh, two days to come up with a five-minute piece uh, for Red Bull BC1. And we were mm-hmm. like, okay, all right, you know, it's going to be tough, but we can do it. You know, we can go for it. We don't have any problems with that, anything like that. Um, but then we found out that we would have to do 10 minutes the next day. <laughs> so oh it was the day before our performance um and we had to do 10 minutes uh of a performance with five of us and it's a long time yeah for sure and um we had to actually we we started on the second the or i'm sorry the uh day before we created a whole five minute piece and we were like okay cool we're ready to go but then we had to find out that we had to use original red bull music so we had to completely change our show. Ah. <laughs> it, it was it was hard. I will say it was extremely hard. <laughs> but we literally stayed up all nights of the or all hours of the night, got it together because we were like, hey, this is a huge, huge opportunity. We love Red Bull. We know what we can do for them, what they can do for us. So let's do it. Let's not let's not complain about anything. Let's make the best out of this experience. And honestly, I am so, so glad that we did because it was one of the best experiences ever. And if you know dances, you know that things like this happen all the time. Right. Things like this happen yep. all the time. And you have to be a professional about it. You have to be able to, you know, um, pull yourself back up and do what's required, you know, especially if you want that opportunity um, and you you are really wanting that, that you know, that, that side of things, you know. So we did our thing, got it together, and we did that performance the next day. Red Bull absolutely loved it. So many people reached out to us, telling us that it was a great show, and I think that that was one of the biggest morale boosters for us. And that's when we were like, yes, we, we really are going to take this crew to the next level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you did the ten minute piece too. Yep, yep, we did it. Oh, yep, yep, no problem. <laughs> yep. Well, you gotta, good job. You, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> good work. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Man, I'm sure you guys were just pulling out like every move you'd ever thought of in all your Sunday school <laughs> <laughs> sessions. Uh, for sure. Yeah, we were, we were definitely um, uh, recycling a few things, um, but honestly, <laughs> those things were like signatures for us at that point. You know, we had done a yeah. few shows. That was the, definitely the biggest show that we had done to that to that time um, or to that point. Um, but you know, we we have signatures and things like that that we love to do, and that's what we did. You know, um, we showed them everything that we love about ourselves um, and what we wanted them to see. And we have more than enough material to come out with ten minutes. Did it take us hours and hours and hours? 
Yes. <laughs> Were we up until yeah. about six o'clock in the morning getting it together? Yeah. But it was yeah. it was definitely worth it. One hundred percent. And it also it. sounds like you spent about two years every Sunday developing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And a, you know that's a lot of time. Yeah, sure. for sure. You 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 pick up stuff. There's like you might just be dancing right. together, and everybody just starts doing the same move or something like that. And we're like, hey, this right. is something that we could definitely use. And those were right. all the things that we're pulling into. All of those things, and we're just like, I hey. guess between Sundays and and YA, y'all probably put mm-hmm. three or four hundred at least hours yeah. in prepare. Yeah. You know, not preparing for that moment, but mm-hmm. you got you got ready. Right, for that exactly. final that final push, you know, night before mm-hmm. the big day, exactly. y'all were ready and trained. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And that's I think that that's one of the the things about being a crew and not just being a, a group of people is that we really had that type of relationship where with each other, where it's like we can we can build this. Like we have so much stuff that we have together already. Let's build on it, you know. And um, like you said, tons and tons of hours of dancing together. Tons and tons of hours of knowing how each other move and interpret movement and everything like that. That made it so much easier. It made it so mm-hmm. much easier. I don't think that if we had that that unity and um, you know had that uh, that type of relationship with each other, I don't think we would have been able to do it. Right. Yeah. And you know, we all develop our secret language right. of body language as friends too. Mm-hmm. So you guys, you guys had that. Yeah. Going for Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean. Even to this day, we still come up with random little things. And it's like, oh, one day we can use that. <laughs> so now we just keep a few in the clip, you know. So <laughs> Right. <laughs> so did that spark a relationship with Red Bull? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I know you've done some workshops with them. Yes, for sure. So, so where, um, yeah, where did it go from there? Uh, we did a few different things with them. Um, so... Um, the one of the first things that I, I did request because I was, you know, speaking with the the Red Bull representatives and everything like that, I asked them, you know, hey, uh, could we also receive y'all support on a few different things? And they're like, yeah, for sure, and they because because they really want to reach out to the community in Houston and all different communities all over the the country, and um, you know, help them out with different things. That's one thing that I really love about Red Bull is that they are really for the culture. They're extremely for the culture, and they are happy to help. They're super happy to help. Mm-hmm. So they helped us do our first event. Um, we did an event at Midtown uh, Park, and it was a huge event. Um, we had a lot of people come out. They were battling and things like that. Um, and, you know, it was a, it was a whole, whole event, and it was one of the first big events that I put together. Um, so that really took a huge weight off my shoulders, having them, you know, with us and behind us and supporting us. And literally since then, they have been supporting us. So now about two years. Actually, I think two weeks ago or maybe about two years that they've been, you know, helping us and everything like that. So that awesome. relationship has built and it's, it's been really strong since. What's that job like working with them? Like mm-hmm. what are you pitching them projects? Are they um Yeah, like, so I mean, can you tell us a little bit about the deal or the just the day-to-day? Yeah, for sure. So um, there, I won't say that there's much of a, a day-to-day, but it's more like uh, on a project basis. So, you know, they, they're always doing projects. We're always doing projects. If they need something, they'll reach out to us. If we need something, that we'll reach out to them. And they're extremely receptive. They get back to us soon, you know, as soon as possible. Um, and if they can help us, they will. And a lot of times they do. Um, you know, so that, like I said, that relationship is huge for us you know it's so huge for us 
Um, because I, I I really feel like you know they pushed us to the next level that we really wanted to get to in more ways than one. You know, um, so yeah, that support has been huge for us. Awesome. And what are what are your requirements in terms of working for them, like logos or mm-hmm. media? You know, actually, it's not it's not very extensive. They really let us be ourselves. You know. Um, of course, you know, during, you know, Red Bull events and things like that, they want us to represent. Completely understandable. I mean, that's that's just normal. But um, besides that, they don't require much from us at all. They they just really want us to be ourselves. It's like they, they help us to be ourselves as much as we can be, you know. So, um, like I said, huge shouts out to them. Huge shouts out to them. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Thank you, Red Bull. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> So I know you guys did Tribal Grounds. Mm-hmm. I yes. loved that. I went with my kids, mm-hmm. and they they jumped in the first round. Yes. And I was a very proud mom and <laughs> really, really grateful that, um, you know, they got to get out there and mm-hmm. do their thing, whatever they wanted. They were really yep. little. Uh-huh. And everybody <laughs> just lifted them up and cheered them on. Yes. And it was amazing. Yep. And that's that's you know, literally what it's about. Honestly, to me, it's a, it's not just about the you know the dance. It's about the community, the relationship building, and everything like that. So I remember when you told me that y'all wanted to uh, come by, and I was like, yes, please, like definitely come by. And I was I was so happy to see y'all out there, you know. And when the kids jumped in, I was, everybody was cheering them on. It was a really good experience. Everybody got hyped for them and everything like that. So uh, you know, that's 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 the type of things uh, you can see the smile on my face. <laughs> that's the type of things that really make me happy. <laughs> about doing the, uh, you know, the things that I do in the community. Uh, for me, yeah. I really want to just support the community as much as I can. Um, if anything comes back to me from it, cool. I- I'm not looking for that, but really, I just really love to support the community because of the support that they gave me, um, especially when I was felt like I was falling on hard times and things like that. The community has uplifted me. And everybody that wants to dance, they can join the community. It's not, it's not hard to join it, um, you know, so... It's great. It's really great. Yeah. Yeah. Very welcoming. I like it when events start at daylight hours, you know, Mm -hmm. they're free, they're open to the public. That's even better. Mm -hmm. A place where you don't have to pay for parking. That's even better. Mm -hmm. But just to be able to be out there in the sunshine, you know, and the kids, the kids are wide awake. They're ready to have fun and listen to music and see all the culture and all the people getting along. Mm -hmm. It's really awesome. So thank you for including us. And uh, I'm still wearing the t-shirt. I'll be wearing it (laughs) for a long time. Cool. Yes. I'm glad. (laughs) And actually the the designer of that shirt was, um, uh, Darius. He, like I said, he's one of my good friends. He's been with me and we've been with each other for the longest. Um, he designed that shirt. He's a great, great artist. If you have chance to, a chance to check him out, please do. Um, you know, he, he, he's a great, he's great at what he does, for sure. Cool. So for our listeners who haven't seen you dance, can you tell mm-hmm. us about your personal style and yes. your creative process? For sure. Um, so for me, um, my dance, I feel like, is very hip-hop based, uh, in the, you know, the foundational hip-hop. Um, you know, there's two different avenues of hip-hop. There's like what they call the, the L.A. style and then there's the, the New York style. Um, the New York style is the freestyle side of it where, you know, Bruce Stretch created that, that, um, that style uh, in the, the 80s, the late 70s, early 80s, I want to say. Um, so uh, my style does base itself in hip hop, but also I have a history of popping and crump as well. 
So, you know, even though you'll see me doing my hip hop, you'll see a lot of hard hits. Um, you'll see a lot of um, speed control and things like that. Um, but I like to do a lot of waving as well. So I, I like to wave all parts of my body. So you'll see all of those type of things meshed into each other. And also, I really like to focus on the music. A lot of people like to dance and then let the music kind of find them. I like to go into the dance with the music, like moving through me already. So that's that's something that I, I really focus on. Can you tell us a little bit about the history of those styles? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I will say the history of popping is very, very debated uh, because it was, okay. it was just so many different styles. First of all, popping um, at this point does incorporate tons and tons of styles. And sometimes it's just all put under the umbrella of popping. Um, so there's like strutting, there's boogaloo, there's, you know, um, there's, there's just so many different styles and all of it falls into a roboting animation, all of those kind of things. Um, so that started in the West Coast from, you know, what I've been told. Um, I'm not sure. I know that there's, like I said, there's all different types of histories all over the place because, you know, things come up together and then they, you know, mesh, um, when it comes to the dance world. So, um... That is the start there. I'm not very sure about the history with that one, um, but it is a style that I really do enjoy. It was probably one of the, the, the first styles that I kind of started getting into um, because that's just what felt natural to me. I love the, the way it felt and everything like that. Um, when it comes to Crump, Crump was started in L.A. Uh, or I'll say California. I'm not sure if it was exactly L.A., um, but it was uh, started from a a movement called clowning. So clowning was uh, something that they did. It was a lot of like shaking and, you know, a lot of pops and everything like that, um, like club dances and things like that. Um, and then Crump came in because they were like, okay, we don't want to just, you know, pop our backs and everything like that. We want to hit hard. So they started putting more um, structure to it and things like that. And Crump has gone through plenty of transformations and things. Um, and, you know, it's it's a, still an ever-growing ever-growing um, style. Uh, this is probably one of the newer styles to street dance um, that's, you know, currently popping right now. I think, I want to say it started in the early 2000s. Um, and if you haven't seen the movie Rise, R-I-Z-E, uh, that is the movie that kind of goes through the history of it and everything like that. It's a really informative movie. Um, they have all of the creators, well, not all of the creators, but most of the creators in that movie, um, such as Tide Eyes, Lil C, um, Dragon, uh, Miss Prissy, those are a lot of people that if you're listening, you should definitely look up and you can get all of the history from those people. Um, and you know, like I said, it's a really informative movie um, or documentary, I should say. Um, and then for hip hop, yeah, for sure. Uh, for hip hop, um, hip hop was started in, or hip hop freestyle, I should say, was started in New York. Um, and it was started once uh, breaking had like kind of a, a, a dying off period. Where people were tired of breaking, you can't go to the club and break, you know, and you can't break with a girl or anything like that. You can't, you can't dance together and breaking, you know. <laughs> so it was like, okay, we need something that's more social um, and all those kind of things. So that's where you see the birth of a lot of different dance styles. But hip hop was one of those, um, and it was, you know, dancing to that music but standing and you know doing a lot of the social dances and things like that because that's you know what people wanted to do. And then. Uh, it was created by uh, Buddha Stretch, uh, the Mop Top family, Elite Force. Um, they created it. They 
you know, cultivated it and they spread it across the whole world. It, it grew almost uncontrollably. Um, as you can see, it's taken over pretty much the whole world and it went right along with the, uh, with the, uh, the, the hip hop music. So as that was growing, so was the dance, you know, and with a stretch, actually, if you go back and look through most of the videos of hip hop's, you know, <laughs> beginnings, you'll see Buddha Stretch in the back dancing. Um, he actually okay. was one of the main choreographers for um, uh, Remember the Time, the uh-huh. song that I danced to <laughs> when I was a kid. Nice. Okay. Full <laughs> so circle. You, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so when you um, go look at that video and you see that amazing choreography, think of Buddha Stretch. Um, you okay. can go look to plenty, plenty, plenty different artists and see Buddha Stretch um, and his influence on everybody. Um, he's one of my big homies. He actually, uh, before the, the whole COVID thing was going on, we actually had our second tribal grounds that was about to happen. Um, and we actually had him coming. Uh, so that was huge oh, cool. for me. That was so huge yeah. for me. But, you know, once again, it wasn't able to happen. But it's okay because we're going to bring him back next year. <laughs> yes. So we're definitely still going to make that happen. What I love about it is that it gave me a, a closer relationship with a lot of these people. You know, it gave me a really close relationship with these people um, just to, you know, network and try to build this event and things like that. So I'm I'm still completely happy about the outcome of whatever happened because it gave me new relationships with people that I idolized, you know. Yeah. And I'm sure they love connecting with the next generation. Yes, for sure. Yes. And Mm -hmm. when I I tell you that that's extremely true, um, Buddha Stretch started off as a breaker. Uh, from what I know, he broke. He was a breaker. He uh, was a popper uh, and things like that. And then you know, once he went into the uh, the hip hop, or he started creating hip hop, um, you know, that's when things really, really took over. You know, so that was uh, a, a crazy thing. But um, he went from breaking to hip hop um, freestyle, and then now he's a huge proponent of light feet. Like he stays up to date with everything that's going on he's been in each generation you know and that's the thing about hip-hop you know you got to be able to keep it going you got to be able to keep moving with the times and everything like that of course you keep you never forget everything that came before ever because the history of it is what is you know most important um and if you talk to any og or anything like that they'll tell you that knowledge is literally one of the most important things that you can have um in this dance life you have to have the knowledge. You have to understand uh, black culture. You have to understand black struggle and things like that because that is a major proponent of where that dance came from, where that music came from, where the, the fashion came from, all of that kind of stuff. So you have to understand that. When I dig back decade by decade and I get to the early 80s mm-hmm. and then I know I'm, I got to get from hip hop back to soul mm-hmm. and and back to jazz. That's right. And what what do you feel like is that dividing line between the beginning of hip hop and let's say the end of soul or you know mm-hmm. that invention, not that soul I mean soul's doing well. Right. <laughs> we'll, we'll never die. Right. So um but let's say at that moment um you know one of the big things that stands out to me is the DJ. Mm-hmm. Um but I don't really know. Right. Um, and I know that it went from, you know, being on Soul Train for all to see, and then it seems like something else was happening in the Bronx, and mm-hmm. it somehow made its way, you know, back to Hollywood. But do you do you know much about, like, that transition and culture at that time? 
Yeah, um, I, I won't say I know a lot or, you know, all of it or anything like that. But what I will say is that from what I was told um, or what I've learned, uh, what it was, was, you know, New York was pushing out tons and tons of music. Now, once again, that's where the birthplace of hip hop is. So with them pushing out tons and tons of music and things like that, as that gained popularity, so did the dance. Yeah. So uh-huh. once you see things like Soul Train. And you see how it was at first, and then you see what it became. Um, it's because you'll see that music getting more popular. So with the music getting more popular, they also want to bring the dance with it because you can't have one without the other, you know? Mm-hmm. So with that, that's where, or I'll say that that's where it started transforming a lot of all the places that you see how hip-hop grew. Um, that's how it started transforming. The music came first, and then the dance followed right along with it. So people want to learn that style. They want to learn how, oh, why why do you bounce? Why do you rock? Why do you skate? Why do you, you know, all of the different fundamentals of what actual hip hop is, you know? So I, I want to say right. that that's, that's where it all came from. Really. Yeah, because the music changed. Yep, exactly. Once the music changes, the dance changes. And that's one of the, the mottos of uh, Buddha Stretch, actually. <laughs> really? Okay. <Yes. laughs> Good to know. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So... With your relationship with the music, how do you feel about the DJ and knowing, like, do you know the music you're dancing to when you're out there freestyling? And, like, I guess, to what extent are you really freestyling if you know the music? Right. And what's, you know, what's that relationship like in terms of, like, improvisation between pre-recorded music? How well do you know it? Um, how well do you know what the DJ is going to do with it? Mm-hmm. You know? Like, yeah, yeah so- just how do you interact with that? Um, what I'll say is, um, for freestyle, yes, for sure. Like, if you go into a battle, it's completely pure freestyle. Sometimes you might know the song, um, and, you know, that's honestly just an advantage. If you do know the song, you know, that's it's great, but you don't bank on those kind of things because you don't know who the DJ is, what kind of music that they listen to, what kind of music that they play. So you have to be ready for anything to come on because a lot of times, honestly, you will get tracks that you have never heard before. Um, so with that um, is where a term that people like to say is musicality. Um, your musicality comes in at that point. Um, and what musicality is, is how you find the beat and how you interpret the beat as well. Um, so something I actually learned recently um, is that what musicality is actually built upon is what people also call the pocket. Um, so, you know, people say you're dancing in the pocket and different things like that. Uh, what most people don't know is that there's actually four or more pockets, um, but there's four that are really, you know, understood and taught and everything like that. Um, and that's really just how the beat is moving you at that time. So, um, like, the, the first pocket will just be one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. The second pocket would be, like, one, two, three, four, one, two, oh, I'm sorry, not that. One, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two. And so it goes from, you know, that four count okay. to the two count, then it goes gotcha. to the one count, then it goes to the half count. So all of those different things, how you use those together to interpret the beat and find yourself in the music is what we call musicality. Yeah. Um, if you can use all of those things interchangeably at the right time in the music and you know how to time yourself with the music, that's how you find your musicality. Um, and that's just pretty much the simplest way that you can really explain it without actually showing it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's kind of which beat are you going to pick up on? Right. 
and at what time and you know when uh when you're gonna use the different breakdowns in the music or just mm-hmm. knowing when like this beat is gonna switch at this point where it's gonna be a, it's gonna be better for me to have a half count here instead of a, a one count or a two count you know so that's mm-hmm. that's pretty much what your musicality boils down to in the jazz era like count Basie would mm-hmm. be I mean the pocket is where the beat lies on the on the like let's say the metronome so like if you're gonna hit the one Mm -hmm. the pocket is like late in the one Mm -hmm. but the but it's always that's always the pocket it's always like in the in like the end of the beat and it's what differentiates jazz music from like a march because a march is just gonna hit you dead on every Mm -hmm. time and in jazz the that two and that four Mm -hmm. in the phrase is going to come a little late and it's going to swing the beat. And when you get that lag between the one and the two, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you're expecting it to just hit and the lag makes you move. And it, it, you know, that's where I think the March, you know, turned into a dance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And so the bands would, would say to, you know, get in the pocket to Mm -hmm. swing it. Right. That's, that's, and it was like, that's, yeah, that's it's like beautiful. Like I love the way that that was just explained. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I haven't heard it yeah. explained like that before. That's really cool. Yeah, they would do. They would play with that beat. They could. They could drive it by making mm. it come early. Right. And that's that's like that's a d- another type of um, you know manipulation that makes right. you want to move because it's mm. just you know you can't help it. It's like right. your heartbeat. It's right. not a steady metronome. Right. <laughs> we, we just, yeah, we just connect with that. So yeah, there's things like grooving yep. is like, you know, it's in the pocket, it's back there. Exactly. It and surely is. Dragging, like the mm-hmm. blues, dra- dragging, it's way back there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, uh, actually, uh, something that I, I enjoyed uh, watching, I was I was watching a Buddha stretch with a interview and he was actually talking about groove and he was talking about flow and everything like that. And he said that the groove um, which is also in the pocket. It's a way that you can use the pocket. Like I said, those are just four pockets that you can think of. But there's so many pockets that I could never even explain all of them. That's just something that you have to <laughs> <I like> that. <laughs> really find within yourself. Um, the way that he explained the groove was that it's the the period between the metronome and the 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 the, uh, the beat. So yeah. pretty much that little in between space is right where the groove is. And also, if you look at the the record. If you look at like an actual vinyl record, that's where it is on. Uh, that's where the grooves are in the record. Oh well. yeah, yeah, and that's yeah, something that you I can, was taught. You could same thing. You can pull it up on editing software. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for and sure. You can you can see it. Yep, you know, plain exactly. as day. Yep. And yeah. And when he explained it like that, I was like, "Wow, that is like mind blown." You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like the perfect example of you know what, what we're trying to get across. So yeah, that was that right. was an awesome experience too. And I feel like when I'm dancing to live music, I'm more in the pocket because I'm not relying on the band to mm. have the beat produced steady. Right. Like I know that the beat's not on a loop. Right. Yep. So I, I, have I have to, to be agree, yeah. breathing. Yeah. I have to breathe with it and make mm. sure that, I mean, I don't care. I'm just having fun, but right. <laughs> you know, that's my, yeah. It's like, I'm, I'm more with it. Mm. Um, I feel like then if I'm in class mm-hmm. or doing choreo right. and 
or listening to the song for the hundredth time. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and you're just going to end up like hitting it. Right. Even if you're, even if like you're, even if the song's in the pocket, like you're going to hit it right yeah. on that beat. Mm-hmm. Whereas right yeah, if it's live, it. yeah, I'm, I'm going to, um, I don't know. I'm just going to lag just enough that yeah. uh, I make sure it moves me. Like you were saying, like having the music flow through you. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's, that's what, uh, for me, um, I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure this, that's, that's my personal, um, explanation of it, uh, is like letting that beat move me more than I'm trying to move the music or I'm trying to move to the music. I don't try to move to the music. I really do let the music move me. Um, when I come out and I'm dancing and things like that. And honestly, there's been a few times where you can see that I can't, I, like I'm not connecting with the music. So it's hard for me to actually let it flow through me. And I can see it. I'm not sure if other people can, but I can see it, you know. Um, so I really like to have that music touch me first, and then I'll go move to it. You know what I'm saying? Because it, that's that's just how that's how I dance, and that's how I, mm-hmm. I love to to express myself. That's awesome. I think it takes a lot of confidence, and uh, well, and familiarity with your body and the, maybe the vocabulary too. Yeah. Um, because you, you know, you're out there in front of other people. You don't mm-hmm. want to like spaz out, right. you know? <laughs> <laughs> but here comes the music, you know, right. it's about to sweep you over mm-hmm. and you just have to flow with it. Yeah. I love absolutely. watching it. I'm always so impressed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> honestly, I'm, I'm honestly the exact same way because sometimes I'm just like, how, how did you interpret it that well? How did you know that? You were going to hit that move that perfectly. How did you string all of these moves together so well that you had this big blow up right at the perfect time, you know? And hey, some some people have it like naturally. Um, some people can learn it. Um, but whenever you see it, it is definitely a beautiful thing. We've all had moments where, you know, you're just dancing. And for some reason, the music is telling you, OK, I want to do this right here. And right when you do it, it's just like, whoa, that was the perfect moment to do it because the music changed to right where my movement was, you know? So it's 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 really cool. I, I, and that's why I like dancing to, to music that I don't even know yet. You know, that's something right. I actually train. Um, I, I really enjoy, you know, getting a new album and digesting it by dancing to it. Um, I do it mm-hmm. all the time. Um, and like I said, that's one of my favorite things to do. And it also keeps my mind sharp. Um, because as I'm dancing, I'm, you know, once again, listening, interpreting, finding the pockets, finding the grooves, all of those kind of things. And it's all extremely genuine. So it's just like me going out to do a battle and I don't know the song. You know, I have to let, I have to do that same process of building the music or letting the music build inside of myself and then doing that movement that comes with it. Beautiful. Absolutely. How does that translate to what you do when you perform? Like you're, you were saying, you know, you have to come up with choreography. Mm-hmm. Like, do you use do you use that as a part of the process to create the choreography, and then just wrote memorize the choreography? So, uh, for honestly, when I come up with choreography with me and my crew, it is one of the best experiences. Honestly, I love coming up with choreography with my crew because, like, we'll literally just be dancing or we'll be trying to figure something out, and everybody's just moving. And then somebody will look at somebody do something, and we're like, "Whoa, whoa, stop, stop right there!" That's we're, we're using that. Whatever that was, we're using it. What did you just do? <laughs> and next thing you know, we got one move, and then we're building the next move off of that move, and the next move off of that move. 
and it's always like a fun experience because you remember as you're doing those shows you're like man i remember when somebody did this right. step and we we're just like whoa we're going here with that like we're doing this next we're doing this next and it all just strings together it's, it's such a beautiful process but sometimes you do hit that wall where you're just like okay all right where do we go from here and then you stop you start freestyling again and you wait for something to come <laughs> awesome i love yeah. it mm-hmm that's so fun. I figured you'd say that. That's why I kind of, I didn't mean to put those words in your mouth, but from what you were describing before, mm-hmm. I was like, I wonder if that's what they do, which is yep. so different from, you know, being in a company and having mm-hmm. a choreographer have it all figured out. Right. It's very, very different. Coming up with your own choreography yeah. or building on something is, it's a lot different from just going in and learning from somebody. Um, you know, yeah. you can, you can learn a lot from going and learning from somebody their choreography and things like that because it can teach you how to move uh, it can show you new movements that you haven't even thought of yet um and as you're going through yeah. it you're obviously practicing it over and over and over again so that starts becoming a natural movement for you at least that's how it works for me because you know i freestyle as well so whenever i go take a class or anything like that i let it open my mind up when i'm trying to freestyle as well um so you know that's the good thing about, you know, going to take classes from other people and things. Um, but once you're building your own choreography, yes, it is it is a lot more difficult. Um, but then you do have more vocabulary and everything like that to build upon. You know, you mm-hmm. might use the last movement of your the choreography that you were taught. You might use that as your first movement and you want to build on top of that. You might think like, hey, I like this move. And I feel like it would be really cool if I did this right after and then I do this right after, and I do this right after, and then you start building up your own choreography. That's how mm-hmm. that's how it worked for me. Awesome. Yeah. I think it really speaks to some of the intellectual strengths of dancers and the range that we have to have. And right. you know, to be able to go into the studio and pick up all those moves and remember them takes mm-hmm. incredibly high memory yes. capabilities, like working mm-hmm. memory, short term memory. Yes. Um, and what you're talking about with interpreting the music takes really exceptional processing speed yep it does and you have to um well you don't have to it's something that you learn um excuse me but it's something that you learn to be able to you know go do those things it's not something that you're going to have like inherently it's, it's just not possible um i know my first classes that i ever took i was not picking up that choreography very fast honestly i think about it sometimes and i'm just like how did Pat think that I was just going to be so great <laughs> when I first went to his class? He was just like, no, you, I want you. And I'm just like, okay, I didn't pick this up too quickly, but all right. But, you know, yeah. after training and everything like that and doing it for a while and going to take different classes from different people and, you know, going to things like uh, The Pulse, um, I, I did that. And it was like um, Lorianne Gibson was there, Brian Friedman uh Shane Sparks there was so many people there and they would teach for like an hour and a half and you had that hour and a half to catch it but if you're trained and you're ready for it you know if you're trained if your body is ready for those type of movements and things like that because you've been training you know it comes naturally to you like if you're doing a movement you'll just naturally flow into the next thing because that your body has that muscle memory to be able to do it you know Mm -hmm. yep how do you think dancing has changed due to social media? I will say that um, it's there's good and bad of it. Um, there's a lot of influence uh, all over the place now. Um, there's a lot of different you know people that are doing different things and all kind of stuff like that, and it's a lot easier to get ideas um, to you know for other things. But also, 
it also increases the possibility of people taking your moves and all other kind of things like that, like your signature moves. And nobody likes that. You know, if you have a signature move, you want to keep it to yourself and everything like that. But um, like I said, there's pros and there's cons. Um, and one of the big pros, again, is just being able to have, you know, touch different people in different places at any time of the day. Like I have dance videos on my on my Instagram and things like that. And there's random times where I'll get like a, a comment on a video from like a year ago and I'll be like, whoa, this was really, really crazy. Like I really love this video. And you know, it's just like, you know that somebody went back, saw your movements and it inspired them. You know, that's one of the really good sides of it. Um, but then like yeah. I said, then there's, there's negatives to it and everything as well. But um, we always want to look at the positives more than the negatives. So, you know, it's I, I feel like it's a good thing. Um, but I will say that <laughs> one thing about social media is that it did create a lot of carbon copies. Um, so not everybody is, you know, original. Um, a lot of people will see something from somebody and they'll be like, okay, I want to do that. And they'll mm -hmm. take their whole style or they'll take their whole movement. And that's just not something that you ever want to really do. You want to create your own. Um, unless it's like choreography or something like that, then you can, of course, that's, that's choreography. But if it's like freestyle, you don't want to do that. You want to really come up with your own original movements um, because you want to be genuine to yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. You can't copy it because it's coming out of that moment and that spirit and mm -hmm. it's not the end, yeah. the end result. Right. Exactly. Like, um, one thing that I really pride myself on, and um, and my my OGs like uh, like I said, Buddha Stretch, uh, Super Dave, people like that. Um, one thing that they told me that I need to make sure that I keep doing is just being myself because I, I really don't uh, care to look like anybody else or anything like that. I really just like how I dance. It doesn't really look like anybody else is doing hip hop. Um, so I appreciate myself and how I, I move and everything like that. Uh, do I try to sharpen it up sometimes? Of course, you know, you can always practice and get better, uh, but you want to look like yourself. You know, you want to have your own movements, your own original style and everything like that. Um, and it's pretty, pretty easy to have a style within a style if you are being genuine to yourself as you're learning that process. Yeah. So what have you been doing the last 11 weeks since we've been home? I have been watching a lot of Netflix. Uh-huh. Anything good? <laughs> I actually, um, I, I've been watching a lot of movies that I've been wanting to watch for a long time, uh, you know, things like that. I've really just been letting my brain relax uh, because I'm, I'm the type of person that's always, always, always on the go. Um, I always say that I have, like, three different things in my phone that's going to be happening at any time, you know, there's always something that's going on um, for me. So this really gave me a chance to slow down and really kind of focus on myself. Um, I had a chance to kind of, you know, mentally gather myself in different ways and all kind of things like that, mentally prepare myself. Um, so, you know, that's, it's really been, uh, it hasn't been a bad experience for me. Um, um, of course, you know, there's things that come with it that aren't, you know, the greatest and all that kind of stuff. But I will say, for the most part, I think that this was positive more than negative for me. Cool. Have you been dancing at home? Yes. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, like I said, anytime I hear a new album, I have to go dance to it. Like, I can't, I can't, I, I feel like that's how I digest music, is I have to go dance to it first, uh, you know? So, um, even some music that people might not consider dance music, I'll just go move to it just because, you know, it, that's, it's just 
that's just what I like to do. You know, I just let the music move me. Even if I'm not full out dancing or anything like that, I just like to move to that music. So, um, yeah, for sure. I'm, I don't think there's ever a day where I don't dance, even if I'm not standing there saying, okay, I'm going to dance right now, you know, because <laughs> that's just, yeah. that's just my natural, that's just my, my, how I am uh, naturally. What music have you been listening to lately? Um, so recently, actually, I've been going back and listening to a lot of like late 90s music, early 2000s music, just because I don't know, I feel nostalgic. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. I've been dancing to a lot of uh, what, what people would call old school nowadays. Um, but uh, also, I have a few different albums that I've been listening to, like uh, West Side Gun. He has a really good album called Pray for Paris. Um, I love that album. Um, the first time I heard it, I literally danced to the whole album twice. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you awesome. know, I listened to it straight through twice, danced to it the whole time. It was a really good, you know, feeling and things like that. Um, you know, it's just, uh, I, I like to keep up with, you know, the th new things that's coming out. Uh, another album that came out that I really like dancing to um, was by uh, Flip De Niro. Um, can't think of the name of the album right now, but it's, it's his new album. Um, and it has a lot of good songs on it to dance to. There's actually a few songs that I want to, you know, shoot videos to. And then I also have friends that make music. So they'll send me stuff, like, at random times, say, hey, check this out, let me know what you think about it. Um, and when they say, let me know what you think about it, what I think in my head is, okay, let me go dance to it and see how I really feel about it, you know? Uh -huh. <laughs> so if I if I can dance to it, you know, then I usually, I'm like, yes, this is it. This is it right here, like, keep going with this, go in this direction, all those kind of things. And um, one of my good my good friends, uh, he's pretty much our crew DJ, uh, not officially, but pretty much. Um, he's a producer as well. His name is uh, Bruce Wayne, DJ Bruce Wayne. And he sends me music, and it's always, like, fun to just go take that music, go dance to it, see how I feel about it and everything like that. Um, sometimes we'll go sit down at his house when he's, you know, doing different things. Um, and he'll ask me, hey, what do you think about this right here? What do you think about this right here? You know, and he's just getting my advice on it because, I mean, that's that's really how the music should work, you know. Um, and he's also my, my DJ instructor because I'm learning how to DJ as well. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a really cool relationship between us. Awesome. How's DJing going? It's it's good. Um, I'm still learning for sure. There's a lot of basics that you have to learn. It's just like it's just like how you learn dance. Uh, there's basics that you have to learn, and then you know you build upon that those basics and that foundation, and then you kind of start branching out and learning different things and how you like to do things. You know, um, so I feel like that's with everything. That's 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 how you learn a language. That's how you learn how to. If you wanted to code a computer or, you know, code on the computer, that's how you learn. You have to learn the basics and then you take that, you digest it for yourself, and then you actually bring a product that's unique to yourself. So pretty much that's that's how I've been trying to build it. Um, it hasn't been, you know, an everyday thing or anything like that. Uh, I'll say probably I practice maybe like once or twice a week. Um, just to, you know, keep myself fresh because I like to do different things on different days because I feel like sitting at home, if you keep on doing the same thing every day, you're going to get tired of it, you know? So I like to switch it up. Like I might do uh, DJ practice on a Monday, then uh, go ride my bike on a Tuesday, uh, you know, to do different, you know, <laughs> it's just like different things. I like to keep it, keep it fresh, you know? So um, cool. yeah, it's been a good process though, for sure. Tell us more about putting on live events. What's your secret for such great events? Um, really, uh, planning. Planning is really big. Um, 
So one of my uh, mentors in that uh, in event planning and things like that is uh, Erica. Erica, um, baby girl, she is like she she has done this for years and years. Yeah. She puts on like eight events per year, and that's not even including like the hip hop vintage flea market. You know, that's that's once a month. <laughs> so on top of that, she puts on like eight different dance events, and then one huge dance event called um, uh, B Girl City. So I asked her when I first got the opportunity um, because my first time actually uh, coordinating events was with Midtown uh, Parks. Uh, they asked us to actually come in and do an event every single month. So I was like, I've never actually put together an event. Let me go talk to somebody that has. And Baby Girl literally gave me all of the game, all of the game. We sat down for like four hours one day and we were just talking about like, you know, how do you do these things? How do you make sure you plan a set successful event? And, you know, she helped me really get started. She helped me get my feet on, uh, you know, off the ground with that. And I really appreciate her for that. And one of the main things that she taught me was that you have to plan and you take notes as well. So mm -hmm. um, one thing I started doing after my first Tribal Grounds event was I was taking notes, you know, during the process of trying to plan everything. And then I took notes afterwards, too. So in those notes, you know, I am able to close that for now, you know, and then once I'm ready to start planning my next event, I open that back up and I'm like, okay, what did I do here? And what can I do better? What can I improve nice. on? What was a pro? What was a con? You know? So, um, with that, um, I'm able to, you know, build on top of what I've already done. And if you keep doing that year by year, event by event, then each event will get better because I mean, honestly, there's going to be a lot of hiccups. There's, uh, event planning is not easy. It's not easy at all. But, um, you know, if you can plan out the bad things that could happen or has happened or anything like that, and you make sure it doesn't happen the next time, but you keep all the good things, then there's no way that you can go downward. You're always going to go upward. You know, so that's something that I was taught um, by her and also by um, another one of my mentors. Her name is Michelle Phillips. Um, and she works over at Midtown Park. Um, and she also gave me that game as well. She she helped me actually put it down on paper. You know, she gave me documents and said, hey, look at this document, create your own document. Now plan out your stuff how you would like to plan it out and write your notes in how you would like to write it and all those kind of things like that. So, um, you know, I've had some great mentors. That's really what it is for me. I've had some really good Awesome. Mentors. What documents are your go-to documents? Uh, I have... Um, uh, different ROS or I'm sorry, run of show uh, documents uh, that I like, like to schedule? keep up. Yeah, yeah. So Timeline. I have those. Yep. And then um, I also have one that has you know the notes on it as well, so that as I'm going through the event, I can write down those things that might have been good, might have been bad, all those kind of things like that. Um, I also have um, different documents of you know like uh, expenses, you know, expense reports and things like that that I have to keep. Uh, because, you know, you want to keep track of those type of things. You want to make sure that, you know, you you see what you did this year, see what you can do next year, and you literally piece it out detail by detail. If you don't have all the details, then you might as well not even do it. You, you have to have the details in there. Um, and it is tedious work, but when I tell you that it will help you the next time, it will, because you're not going to remember all of this stuff. There's no way you're going to remember all of this stuff if you're just trying to go off the top of your head, you know. So, um yeah, that's that's something I definitely keep. Um, let's see. Another thing that I keep 
is uh oh like my my rolodex is a big thing i have a a, a rolodex that i keep um well it's not not an actual rolodex but you know just, <laughs> just <laughs> i hope not <laughs> what, what people used to call a rolodex uh but yes. you know that type of document where i can keep like mm-hmm. all of my my um my uh uh what should i call team it? Yeah, like all my team, my contacts, everybody like that, people that helped me, mm-hmm. um, people that I feel like could help me the next time, all those kind of things. You know, it's different. Every event is different. So you really have to see what what works for you and what type of documents that you will probably need to keep track of everything. And, you know, another thing for everybody that's listening that might be aspiring to do these things, please reach out to somebody. Don't try to do it on your own. It's really hard to do it on your own. I guarantee you, I 100% guarantee you that there is somebody out there that is willing to help you, won't take any money from you, anything like that, and they will give you all of the game that you need. Like like I said, Baby Girl was that person for me. Michelle was that person for me, um, and they looked out for me to this day. I can call Baby Girl or Michelle. I was actually on the phone with Michelle earlier. Um, so, you know, there's, there's, there's so much that goes into it, and you definitely have to have that support system. How can people connect with you? Uh, so you can connect with me, uh, especially, I, I would say specifically on uh, Instagram. I'm able to reach out a lot easier on Instagram. My Instagram is uh, tribe, T-R-I-B-E underscore Don, D-O-N. Um, or you can reach out to me on Facebook. My name is Sheldon Williams uh, on Facebook. And you can find me on there. Um, and then if you, for some reason, can't find those, my crew page on uh Instagram is underscore ill tribe, I L L T R I B E. So, um, you know, that's something that, you know, you can always reach out to me and I'll be glad to help. And if I can't help, I guarantee you, I know somebody that can. So, uh, you know, feel free to reach out to me at any time. Wonderful. And I really feel like the advice you're giving, you know, with those hot documents and Mm -hmm. just your outlook and the eyes that you've had on so many events, seeing participant interaction, feedback, audience, mm-hmm. participation, you know, yeah. feedback, like you have a lot to yeah. offer. Right. It's awesome. Yep. So what are you, what do you love most about like your first memories from your first event? Um, let's see my favorite part. Yeah. I'm sure you were really excited at the time. I was, I really was. I think that you know what? I know exactly what it was. My favorite part of it was really the fact that me and my crew came together to do this. It was something that we all worked on. Um, I, you know, I was the main person, but we all worked on that together. It was a complete group project. You know, everybody had their pieces that they had to take care of and everything like that. And it was like, if anybody didn't take care of their piece, then the whole thing will fall apart. You know, so it was it was really, you know, something that we all had to put into or else it just wasn't going to be there. You know, so um, I really was glad about that piece. You know, we all were just like after the event was over, we were all just like, wow, y'all, we really just did that. (laughs) You know, like we really just did that. We really just put on our first event. Um, it was, it was, it was almost like, you know, uh, a mon- it was, it really was a monumental moment for us, you know, just being able to do that, uh, because it was something that we, they, they knew that I feel like it was probably more so me that really wanted to do it, but because of how we all support each other, if somebody really wants to do something, we're all going to get behind you, 
You know, that's that's what a family is. That's what it's supposed to be. That's what a crew is supposed to be. Um, so I feel like they stepped up to the plate and pushed me. I pushed them. We all pushed each other and we made it a great event. And, you know, that was, you know, super great for all of us. And then just seeing the whole community come together, um, different parts of the community, you know, we had food trucks out there. We had uh, uh, the, the DJs out there. I think we had two di- different DJs out there. Uh, we had multiple people just walking through the park that just stopped and wanted to watch. Um, you know, it was just it was just a really, really cool experience for sure. And also, that was my first event. So, I mean, you know, that's always going to be <laughs> special to me. Right. Yeah. I remember when I did my first Dance Houston show in 2003, mm-hmm. we start, started things off with a tech rehearsal at the venue, the theater. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we showed everybody backstage and what the space could do. Mm-hmm. And I gave everybody like a tour and then, you know, a rundown, like here's the schedule of the day. Right. And then I said, you know, are there any questions? Mm-hmm. Nobody had any questions. But <laughs> Sean Welling... <laughs> raised his hand he was sitting there with Tasha Truitt and I you know I said yes and he stood up and he just said hey I'm Sean Welling from Planet Funk and I did, we're just so excited about this event we just can't wait and oh my gosh I had the biggest yes I had a sigh of relief you know just to have that positive energy coming at mm-hmm. me knowing that hey I'm not the only one really excited about this right yeah and sure enough at the end of the show he was the one who walked up to me and said, this was awesome. When are we going to do it again? And I just blurted out next year. <laughs> and it's just been going on ever since. Hey, um, there we go. That's, 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 a, yeah. that's a great story. That's, that's how things get started. Yeah. I really appreciate uh, Planet Funk and, and Sean Welling for just always bringing that positive energy everywhere they go. You know, right. like I was, I didn't have a team really, mm-hmm. but like, I was searching for those type of people who right. could be a part of Dance mm-hmm. Houston and, um, you know, do their part. Right. So it was it was wonderful to start making those connections from the Absolutely. beginning. And, you know, um, I just want to say this. Just from where I saw Dance Houston at 2006, I did not think that you had started in 2003. I would have thought you started, like, at least a good five years before that because when I got to <laughs> Dance Houston in 2006 – it seemed like it, everything ran without an issue at all. It was like one of the biggest productions I had seen, and I was really blown away by it. Like when I went to that first dance, Houston for me, I was like, I have to be here every single year. <laughs> so awesome. I really want to say I appreciate you for everything that you did, and I, I it, it amazes me that it only started in two thousand three because you you made you you did such a good job since I've seen it. You know, so that's awesome. Well, there was there was just so much um, disconnected talent mm-hmm. in this city. And so starting with the first show where I just called everybody in the phone book under mm-hmm. Deeper Dance and asked if they wanted <laughs> to be in a show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that grew from, you know, trying again the next year, more going to the Internet, you know, seeing mm-hmm. who else was out there, having people like Pat Garrett and others mm-hmm. who had been in one of the companies wanting to start their own company, mm-hmm. you know, and developing out of that community with the community support. Mm-hmm. So, and I also think, you know, the idea that we had like an all styles show mm-hmm. was new for the community and for the audience because the right. TV shows hadn't started yet. Nope, not at all. So, and then once they did start, of course, mm-hmm. we 
you know, a lot of our talent had already bubbled up and mm -hmm. we were just ready to jump into that, those platforms right. and then come back home for the mm -hmm. like welcome home party, right. which of course, you know, we were ready to have. So right. it, it, yeah, it was a really fun time um, to see the community here develop and, and band together and, you know, lift each other up. So Absolutely. I love, yeah, I love that. And, and now I just think, um, you know, with groups like yours, there's, there's always something to do. Like mm -hmm. there's so many, you know, collectives and mm -hmm. community events right. and, um, it's, it's just beautiful. I love that because I guess back when, you know, growing up there, everybody just had their like studio. Right. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So now I feel like, yeah, we know each other and mm -hmm. hey, the more the merrier, you know, it's good to right. have a lot of friends. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Like I said, I really appreciate what you've done for the, the Houston community because man, Yay, it's that, good effort. That, that made such a, a huge difference in my life. Like I said, that was the first time I had really been on a big stage um, and saw that many people in the crowd and everything like that. And we trained for that show for like at least three months or something like that. I, I I'll never right. forget that process. Um, and you know, that was, I, I just, I just appreciate that so much because I feel like that prepared me um, to be on big stages and mm -hmm. dance in front of multiple people. Like I said, I've, I've you know, done a theater arts and things like that in big auditoriums, but dancing and putting myself out there like that, I, I hadn't done it like that. I hadn't been vulnerable, you know, being myself. I was always playing a character, you know, but being vulnerable, being myself, everything like that. Even my, I think um, my second dance, Houston, was the first time that I actually freestyled on the stage by myself, you know, for the <laughs> company in front of everybody. You know, that was, it was like, whew, okay, all right, let's do it. Let's go for it, you know? Um, cool. Yeah, so like I said, I just want to say I appreciate you for that because that was awesome. Good. Shout out to John Schmidt, Stance Chicago, my mm -hmm. inspiration. That's awesome. Yeah, they had it going on there for like I don't know, at least 10 or 12 years before. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Everybody has yeah. their influences. That's, that's super cool. Right, right. <laughs> So uh, tell me about kind of just being at home and staying at home, like how you feel like this may be changing dance. Do you think, do you think this is making dance more obsolete or do you think we need it now more than ever? Um, right now, I feel like a lot of dancers have hit that point where they're like, okay, I like dancing at home. Um, you know, I like practicing and everything like that. But a lot of people are missing their friends a lot, you know, um, even myself, like, I. I I'll give an example of um, something that I saw. One of my friends, he was saying uh, that, you know, yes, he loves to train. Yes, he loves to dance. Yes, he loves all of this, you know, about it. But he hasn't been feeling motivated because what he loves more than just the dance is the community. You know, like being around your friends and, you know, you're pushing them. They're pushing you. Y'all are dancing together. Y'all exchanging that energy. You know, it's such a it's such a different feeling from just dancing at home by yourself or anything like that. And it's hard to keep the same motivation or keep the same amount of energy when you don't have that around you, you know, um, especially when you've grown so used to it. Um, if this was like a situation where I was always dancing at home by, just by myself and never really did it with a community or anything like that, probably wouldn't be as hard as it is for me because I've grown to love the community, honestly, more than just the dance itself. 
um, because those are the people that keep me wanting to do more, keep me wanting to learn a new move, keep me wanting to create a new move, you know, all of those kind of things. Um, and it's just kind of hard to do that sometimes without the, the, the motivation of your, you know, the people that's around uh, or that you're used to having around and things like that. Um, but what I will say is that I cannot wait till things get back up and going because I know that everybody is going to be out there. Everybody's going to be exchanging. Everybody's going to be doing as much as they can to not take the dance for granted, you know? So yeah. I can't wait for that, that resurgence, you know, because that's, that's, that's going to be something that's literally for the history books, I feel like. Um, this is something that definitely has changed the, the, the way that dance um, is, you know, is currently. Um, and a lot of this, I will say one thing that's been positive out of this, just to switch up uh, the tone real quick, um, I will say that a lot of the OGs and the pioneers and the innovators of all of these styles have been taking their time out to like do Instagram uh, interviews and uh, do uh, internet discussion panels and things like that. Um, for instance, yesterday there was a discussion panel where um, Crybaby, Crybaby Cozy, um, Mr. YouTube, those are the two uh, creators of Lightfeet. Um, they were doing a panel and then literally a couple hours later they had Buddha Stretch and Super Dave who are, you know, Buddha Stretch is a creator of hip hop um, and Super Dave is one of the biggest innovators and pioneers uh, of the West Coast. Um, and they both actually happen to be my big homies. So just being able to have that time where we're listening to them talk and they're giving us so much free game and, um, you know, giving us so much free knowledge. And these are free discussion panels for the most part. They're, they're free discussion panels. Um, and they do like free interviews on IG Live that you can just tune into. Um, and, you know, we're all gaining so much knowledge. So that's one been one thing that's been keeping me going is because I've just been listening to everything um, to gain that type of knowledge. And now I'm glad because I'm able to give it back to everybody as well. Awesome. Well, do you have any advice for us to get through the rest of this time, however long it may be? Um reach out to your friends, uh, make sure that y'all are, you know, constantly in communication with each other, um, do different things, maybe get on a FaceTime or something like that, um, so you can actually see their face and, you know, actually feel like you're talking to somebody and things like that, don't just text people, uh, people do need that type of interaction, um, and once things start getting, you know, better, make sure you get out there, don't sit at home and, you know, just do nothing, like go out and, Go for a run with one of your friends or something like that. You know, keep your social distance, do what you have to do, but still definitely go out there and, you know, enjoy the time that you have, you know, um, because this is really, really important for all of us. Um, and like, for instance, like I said, go out, have, just go on a run with a, a friend or something like that. Just, you know, make sure that you're, you're feeding that side of yourself because you need to. You can't just ignore it, you know. You have to feed into it because that's, that's who you are. You know, at the, at your root, you have to you have to take care of that. My guest today is Sheldon Williams. Sheldon, thank you for being a part of Dance Talks.